Hola, guapas, and welcome to the Hola, guapa podcast. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Nisha Batesh. I'm also the founder and creative at Hola, guapa, a digital community of 10,000 artists from all over the world, a blog, a website, this podcast, and most recently, my very own small batch slow fashion line. On this podcast, we dismantled the limiting stories and stereotypes holding creative entrepreneurs back, and together, we redefine what it truly means to be a successful artist. Today, I'm sitting down with Amy Ranser, a fashion and lifestyle blogger, as well as a creative strategist who has worked for mega advertising disruptors like VaynerMedia, Pinterest, and most recently, Amazon. With over 10 years experience across a variety of roles in the marketing industry, Amy opens up sharing her fresh perspective on what it truly takes to have a kick-ass career and a creative side hustle. In this episode, we chat about career paths and following your yes, what exactly is a global creative strategist, and how you truly can have it all, as long as you're willing to work for it. So whether you're curious about embarking on a more corporate creative career, interested in learning more about balancing a full-time role and a passion project, or simply looking to feel inspired by Amy's story, then this is the episode for you. And with that, let's get into the show. Well, thanks so much for having me on. This is really exciting, especially because I feel like it's entering 2023. We're saying hello to 2023 in the new year and, and a really good vibe and attitude. But um, to everyone. Hi, I'm Amy Ranser. I am a senior creative strategist at Amazon Advertising specifically. And uh, I also have a lifestyle and fashion blog called The Ohio Transplant uh, that I've had for the last several years. So it's been a really fun creative outlet. And I just moved to New York uh, yes. in May of 2022. So I am living that north you know northeast lifestyle coming from san francisco for the last 11 years and so like we mentioned earlier i'm adjusting to the weather to the snow so many opportunities to accessorize you know all of the things you can't go wrong with even more opportunities to accessorize it's like how many coats becomes too many coats you know what i mean you can never have enough coats like i feel like (laughs) every girl has their weakness and for me it's always shoes purses and coats like you can just never go wrong and earrings and lipstick okay (laughs) so many i i feel like those are recession proof you know what i mean like those are recession proof items that stand the test of time necessities (laughs) perfect well take me back to the beginning so when did you first kind of start your creative journey? Like, was it in elementary school, middle school, high school? How did it all, how did the wheels kind of start turning for you there? And then I think something that we always like to touch on in these creative conversations is education. So did you yeah. then pursue that, uh, you know, using kind of a more formal route or did you go a little rogue and kind of do your own thing? That's a great question. And I, I it's cool to even just like hear these questions too, because it takes you back a little bit and starts to become really like, um, you know, you think a, a bit more inward about your life. And I think for me, and I'd be curious to hear your a perspective on your own life and self is just, for me, I was always a, a child. I was an only, uh, an only child from two parents. And both my parents were communications uh, majors and they had communications backgrounds and PhDs. So I was always just kind of like left talking to adults all the time. 
And so that was just to me, like sparked my curiosity, I think first and foremost of just asking questions, being curious about the world. Um, we always used to watch like the news and with the news um, just was a lot of advertising kind of mixed in. So I was always curious about that, but I couldn't really, you know, communicate what that was. Um, and so then I've, I've always just been a curious person and that kind of like led me all my way, you know, through middle school and high school. And I started um, writing in our high school newspaper, which was really fun and a great creative outlet. And I always like loved fashion magazines too. So always used to go to the grocery store and pick up like four or five magazines from Marie Claire to, to Vogue, you know, like all of the essentials. And then that kind of like led me to college too, where I studied magazine journalism, really just became trained a little bit more formally in the idea of like writing effectively and communicating effectively uh, and efficiently. And so that was kind of like where it started. And then um, in college, that was kind of like really where I blossomed um, and, you know, worked on a fashion magazine. We started, me and my friends started a fashion magazine in college. I interned at a few fashion magazines in college, like at Marie Claire. Um, and then that kind of just like set me up to be really just curious and creative. And so I think the idea of like formal education isn't necessary. And I'd love to hear your perspective too. Like, um, I think college can be, you know, really meaningful and beneficial, but it's not essential, especially now. And I think there are so many different programs online, um, courses that you can take to really teach yourself a lot of amazing skills, um, whether that be design or copywriting or all of those other things. Definitely. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the interesting thing that is sort of always like a common thread um, amongst different conversations on this podcast is that some um, creatives have had a formal education and training. Some haven't. But what most everyone has done is continued playing the yes game. And so I think that when you talk about this curiosity paired with your passion for writing and communication, just continuing down that path of saying, yes, how can I explore it a little bit further? How can I take a class? How can I take a course? How can I continue my education and experience and skill set in this direction? But then not staying fixated on it. So knowing that you could pivot at any moment, that entrepreneurial side of yours could kind of, you know, you could have an idea come in with a conversation from a friend or something that you heard in class and totally pivot in a different direction using like leveraging that former skill set to go in it in a new way. So it's kind of like yes and no at the same time. Totally. I think that's such a good call too, because I think for me, when I was in school, all of these careers, especially this career that I'm in now, yeah. never existed, right? Like, totally. isn't, that, isn't that crazy to think about? And I, I, that's that's why I have such a passion point talking to college um, students and even college grads being like, you don't need to know everything. You don't need to have it figured out. And all of this pressure that you're putting, you know, on yourself is, is fantastic, but I bet you you're going to be doing so many different things than what you think you're doing right now or what you even want to do. And so like, don't, don't stress yourself out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> especially in advertising, or I guess I would say like anything technology related, 
what you're studying now, there's going to be new technology by the time you graduate, right? So like just being remaining curious and continuing to kind of hone in on whatever direction, whatever passion you have is, is really kind of the key to it all. Totally. You know, even in your career, you're not settled. You still have more to learn even in your, even when you get the job. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm kind of going through that right now, and especially in you know, my I, I switched um, jobs and companies over the last seven years. I was at Pinterest as a creative strategy lead, and so now I'm at a, a new company and kind of doing something similar. But even though my role is very similar to what I was doing at Pinterest, it is so different of a company, and I'm learning all of these nuances about the, the tools that they use and the programs, and yeah. and it's just a bigger company. So I think it's like. The idea of always being curious, like you mentioned, um, being open to learning too. I think that's like something that, you know, you see a lot of successful people do is just being open and willing to, to be curious and to kind of, um, put themselves out there. I think it's just really amazing. And I think a, a skill set that will help not only someone who's been in their career, like myself for 11 plus years, but people who are graduating college or even just trying to, you know, even graduating high school and trying to figure out what's next too. Yeah. I think, I think it's important. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned having had work for some big brands and publications from Marie Claire to, you know, talking about Pinterest and Amazon. So these are huge names and huge companies that a lot of different creatives um, and kind of you know, go-getter thinkers are looking to be a part of those companies. Can you tell us a little bit about like maybe your former roles and the different companies and like how you got your foot in the door or how it all played out for you? Take us on that journey. Yeah, it's uh, definitely not linear, I think is one of the things that I'll say first and foremost. And, you know, um, I'm a big fan of just kind of like following your passions, but sometimes you don't really know what your passion. So you have to explore things and maybe say yes to some jobs or opportunities that might not feel like 100% of a fit. But when you do get into those things, then you kind of know what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. Um, And so after I graduated college, I moved out to San Francisco. um, And I wasn't working in a creative field at all. I was actually working at Macy's in their executive development program, which was like, very different. Uh Uh, And so basically, I was, you know, working as um, in in the Macy's stores, um, in kind of this like executive development um, kind of path. And I very quickly realized like it wasn't really for me. Is that Um, something that you sort of is that like a path or a program that you found through school? Or how did you even like stumble upon that? Yeah, I think, oh my gosh, it's been so long ago, which is like aging me very, very much. But (laughs) I think I did find it through school. There were, there were some opportunities and it didn't like completely connect to my major, but I was kind of like, I need a job. I I like, I like Macy's first and foremost. I love clothing. I love fashion. Yeah. And so like, let's, let's try this out. It was kind of like you mentioned earlier. It's like, like say yes, you know? Exactly. Um, so I, I said, yes, I kind of just like crossed my fingers. They helped me move out to San Francisco, which was the best decision that I probably ever could have made. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, like I was really grinding. I was, you know, working on the weekends. I was working during the weekdays into like late hours. Um, and I quickly realized, like I mentioned, I, did, I wasn't loving it. Right. Like mm-hmm. it didn't feel like it was going to be a path that uh, I wanted to go in because it wasn't extremely creative. 
uh, or creative in the sense that I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And so I left that job and then um, did, um, you know, I like was interviewing for a ton of, you know, roles and, and jobs, which was a grind in itself. So yeah. for people who are listening, yes, I, I hear you. I empathize spreadsheets of like all of the job roles and all of those things are your best friend. Um, and it, it, it is a full-time job looking for a job. A hundred percent. Oh man, I, I really empathize. And so I feel you, but anyway, um, found a job at a PR, like a tech PR firm in San Francisco. Uh, it was very small at the time and started off and that kind of just like really, um, set me up for, you know, learning how to write press releases, kind of just be a professional. You know what I mean? That was like my actual real first job out of Mm -hmm. college. And so I learned kind of like how to, you know, be very business minded, think about my average, you know, my clients and and their objectives and their goals. And then after I was doing that for a few years, I had the opportunity to go to an advertising agency, which was like also one of the best things that could ever happen to me. Um, because it opened up my eyes to what advertising can be. And it wasn't just like Mad Men style, like billboards. It was all like focused on social media and like, you know, how to write copy for maybe it's like Meow Mix on Facebook or, you know, all of these kind of like different things. And so we were, um, it, it felt very cool. It felt very like fast. There was a lot of, um, energy at that role and that job. And so I was a copywriter there for a few years, but that was like a perfect boot camp. And I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective too. And since like, you know, a lot of people have been on your podcast um, previously, but I think um, being fully immersed in these kind of roles is the best way to learn and just kind of get experience. And it's kind of like baptism by fire, right? You have yep. to kind of be thrown into it to, to get your sea legs and to kind of just like figure it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I talk about this a lot where it's like what I studied textile design in college. So I went to an art school, um, very like untraditional in the sense that there was like no Greek life, no sports, no college campus. Like I was in San Francisco. I went to Academy of Art University in San Francisco. So I was right there. And um, what I will say is that I fell in love with um, you know, like getting dirty and working with my hands and, you know, mixing paint for three hours to get the perfect <laughs> shade. And you know what I mean? Total experimentation. And that's what college was really good for me is like my mind was kind of like exploding, right? I had access to screen printings and red rooms and all these, all this different equipment that I had never seen before. And it was just so fun. When I graduated, it almost was like a shock. Like I was kind of like thrown into freezing cold water because it was like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, first of all, you have to make money. <laughs> so you yeah. need to get oh a my job. Gosh, of course. And everything had gone digital. So there was no, mm. every everybody was designing textiles on a computer. And so I was told, it was like shell shock, kind of just how you had, had explained. And I think that that really truly like, what you learn and what you experience in college is super valuable, but you really have no idea what the role and what the job is until you're in it. Absolutely. So I couldn't agree with you more. Like every single job that I've ever had, and I've worked in a variety of different industries, has all taught me a skill set that I could take with me to the next place. I think that's the uh, such a good like thought there too, is like, 
everything is building up all of your experience, all of your historical context. It stays with you and it takes you and elevates you to your next role. Right. Um, Regardless of if that's in a totally different industry, you have different perspectives, different consumer insights, um, you know, like different backgrounds, people that you've worked with historically that you might be not working with now, but it just, it, it kind of completely rounds out your experience and, and just gives you kind of a leg up, um, I think, in, in, you know, different careers too. I think that's a really good shout. Yeah. And even what you were saying, like how your first role that you maybe weren't so in love with, it brought you to San Francisco, which, yes. you know, you laid roots there for a while. And so oh. I think that just kind of like you mentioned, like being able to use each position as a building block for whatever your next adventure might be. Yeah, I, I, I will definitely, um, again, emphasize like growth is not linear. Yeah. Uh, and that can be so frustrating, I think, for people. It still is frustrating for myself and that you just kind of, I don't want to say trust the process because I don't want to be as trite as all of these kind of sayings, but really, yeah. you know, things, I, I think things do happen for a reason. And I do believe that like, there is um, everything that you do, whether it's small or large, affects you in a certain way and 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 you take that on to your next experience and you learn from those previous experiences too and so um yeah it's it's just a good thing to kind of keep in mind whether you're a 30 something like myself or graduating high school or college as well yep 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 okay so you we we went on a tangent there a good one but you were (laughs) um you were in your role as a copywriter and then how did you make your next jump yeah. Um, so I was in, I was as a, like, working as a copywriter at this creative advertising agency for a few years. And that to me was like the best boot camp. Like I mentioned, I fell in love with advertising. And again, that, this was a time maybe 2013, 2014, where social media was just booming. Right. And, yeah. and there was a lot of innovation and I just really was drawn to that specifically being in San Francisco, like, you know, Um, And so I had the opportunity to be a copywriter at Pinterest. I got this opportunity from a friend that I I met while working at this creative agency. So I always say creative agencies are the best entry point into um, creative careers because you meet so many people, you know? Um, And so I I started out at Pinterest in this kind of like small team. and this was back in 2015 that I joined Pinterest where we first were doing paid advertising. Um, and so a lot of advertisers were just really curious on how to create content and pr- like promoted content on Pinterest um, because the platform was very different than like say Facebook or Instagram or even Twitter. Right. And so m- my job at Pinterest was really helping brands and empowering brands to build effective and beautiful creative um, and that could be a variety of different things that could be like creating content. So from the look and feel of it, it could also be strategically messaging content to different kind of, um, audiences or personas, hosting workshops with brands and creative agencies to educate them on the platform itself, um, to even like hosting events, like, you know, speaking via webinars and, and industry events. So uh, I spent the last seven years there, um, specifically focusing on retail, but it was a dream job. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Um, the role was incredible. The team is amazing. Uh, I have nothing but just like incredible 
things to say about it and just a lot of fondness. I'm sure you can kind of hear from my voice. Like it was a very, uh, I grew up in that kind of role. And so I look back and I, I just kind of smile. It, it, it was a great time. Yeah. I feel like Pinterest is honestly, it's such an underrated platform. I feel like, like we all, every creative uses it, loves it. Like the <laughs> interface is so like, it's just, it's an it's an amazing platform. I don't think anybody would ever argue with that. And I think it's maybe not the first place that people think about when they think about paid advertising. It's also mm. not the first place that people think about when they think about like a social platform. And yeah. you know, for anybody who is an entrepreneur or does have a small business, are there like maybe a couple tips or tricks that you would leave them with or maybe even kind of like key takeaways about how they could use Pinterest to maybe fuel their business or whatever creative adventure that they're on? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, and I would say Pinterest is always innovating. As obviously, I'm not um, at the company anymore. I, I moved on to a different role at a different company. But um, what I would say is at my time at Pinterest is that they really care about um, yourself. And so one of the mantras of Pinterest is, um, you know, for people to create a life that they love, what, whatever that means for them. And so it's really all about yourself as the user, not your selfie is basically what they say. So mm -hmm. it's all about your <laughs> inward interests, not your outward persona, like other platforms where, you know, we don't really care about selfies and all of these things. What I would say is definitely just be a student of the platform. So again, see what's on there, see what's trending. Um, Pinterest has a lot of tools and resources um, that talk about trends. So we have, you know, Pinterest has a trends.pinterest.com tool, which is a really great um, resource for you to see what's over indexing on the platform, uh, depending on time period. So maybe it's New Year's Eve outfits now, right? People are really searching for New Year's Eve outfits or, or metallic. Um, one other resource that I really love that was uh, that has become a staple at the company is Pinterest Predicts, which is a annual trend report of like yes. forward thinking trends. Have you I'm seen it? So fascinated by this, and I just saw twenty twenty threes, and I'm like, oh my god, yes! And they say that there's like ninety five percent accuracy or something like yeah. that, like some crazy like accuracy rate. It's almost like you truly are forecasting like into the future. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really incredible. And the team does such an amazing and thorough, thorough job of curating these lists backed by data. So it's, it's really cool. So those are two just resources from like a, a trend perspective that I think are amazing. So Pinterest predicts being one and then the trends.pinterest.com tool that's available to everyone. Amazing. And then one other thing that I would say as a creator, because I am a content creator myself is really leveraging and utilizing some of the tools that they've built that are kind of newer formats. So um, one of them being uh, idea pins, which I don't know if you've heard of idea pins. I have, but I don't fully understand the concept. So idea pins are an amazing um, kind of product or format that Pinterest launched back in like, I think 2021, uh, May, 2021, but it, it gives businesses and creators like myself um, options to build like multi-page video content or basically really immersive, authentic content um, from a storytelling lens. 
And so it's like, you know, obviously digital for storytelling, but you can use video, you can use still images, you can tag products within these kind of idea pins. But basically, they're really helpful in terms of just, you know, building awareness for who you are as a brand, driving impressions, right, which is, is something important. Um, and then also getting people to engage with your content. Um, and then one last thing that I'll say with that too, is like, you know, Pinterest is uh, a platform, it would be considered social platform, but I really don't think it's like social always like, it's more of a internal, um, you know, um, personal platform all about your passions rather than anyone else's. So I would say stay true with yourself continue to create content, test, iterate, see what works and see what doesn't. You know, I think that's, you would probably say that about every platform too, though. Yeah. I mean, no, but I, I love that. And I, I never really thought about it like that, but you're so right. It's not really a place where you're being judged at all. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's no trolls on Pinterest. I mean, maybe there are, but <laughs> I think hardly. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why, um, you know, I, I look back at working at Pinterest and it was such a fond time because, you know, we always tried to see the good in people. And I think, you know, people flock to the platform to make, because it made them feel good. Right. Um, which I think is rare sometimes these days. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it makes me feel so organized. Like when my Pinterest boards are intact and they're up to date and they're current and I have all my like healthy little bowl recipes and my little interior design pens for some reason, even though nothing has changed in my real world, I feel like I have my shit together. (laughs) And you, and you definitely do. You're creating the life that you want and that you love, you know? And I also probably will have to get some of your bowl recipes because I need to learn (laughs) how to cook. That's one of my resolutions in 2023. So. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Um, Okay, so take us to now past Pinterest, your current role. So where are you now? Kind of what are you working on? And then I want to jump into the more entrepreneurial side of you where you do your um, digital content creation and your blog and all of that good stuff too. Yeah. So um, I spent the last seven years, like I mentioned, at Pinterest being a a global creative strategy lead and uh, had this opportunity present itself. at Amazon and specifically in their advertising side. And so I just went over to Amazon in November. So it's still very, very new. Yeah. Um, I'm still learning, which I think uh, is it just also a good reminder to the audience as well as like, even if you are seasoned in your career, um, I've been in, you know, the advertising industry for 11 plus years, even more. Um, I still get sometimes like scared and I'm yeah. still learning. And even when I started this role, I was like, Oh my gosh, am I, is this the right move? Like I, I'm learning all these things. Can I do it? Am I good enough? And I think um, that happens a lot when you start a new role, but I have to continually or continuously like remind myself, you know, I made it through this interview process that was very laborious. Right. Um, I, I know what I'm doing. I love what I do. And so like, you know, you got this kind of It's thing. a bit of like, have you heard of imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. yeah. We all have it. All like, of us. It, it's such a nasty little thing. You know what it I is. mean? It, it, and it affects everyone, whether you are um, you know, someone who's been in your career for 40 years or, or four, like it, it's crazy. 
Um, and I think social media like definitely exacerbates that at yep. times. Yeah. When we start playing the, that comparison game. Yeah. But it's really good. I think to also have, um, you know, amazing friends that you can kind of lean on and say like, Hey, can you take me back to reality a bit? And just, you know, I, I always talk about them as like a, um, board of directors. I like to call them all my friends who are, um, who I've made over the years of like my board of director friends where I can be like, I love can you, that. can you like, can I gut check something with you or can I ask you or like, am I good enough? And they can definitely kind of like set you straight and, and tell you to get a grip of it. Yeah. Totally. You know, so. So what is your current role at Amazon? Yeah. So it, uh, I am also a uh, senior creative strategist. You can hear my dog um, shaking. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> um, so I am a senior creative strategist. And basically, again, my job is to work with brands um, and creative agencies as well to empower them on how to use um, Amazon in our advertising products, you know, efficiently, effectively, and in creative strategic ways, um, or creatively strategic ways. So very, very similar to the job that I was doing at Pinterest. Um, and, and I'm still learning, like I mentioned. So um, I'm still getting started, but uh, the team is, you know, small and growing. Um, so it feels really exciting. It kind of, to me, feels like we're building something really important and needed uh, within the company. And I feel like that's always a really fun time is to like figure things out and it can be messy and exciting and um, you don't always have to get it right, but you just kind of have to try it and see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I love, like as you're talking is, you know, like when I reach out to different people to ask them to be on the podcast, sometimes I'll get the feedback of, like, well, I'm not a creative or I'm not an artist. And I think that there's so many different ways that that can be interpreted. Maybe we think of traditionally like, you know, a painter there with a paintbrush and a canvas, but truly like what you are doing is an art form and and it is a creative role while maybe not being a traditional creative role or a traditional artistic role, you do get to tap into that side of yourself. It's all about kind of like the approach and the mindset as you, you know, tackle your your client problems or any sort of like strategic work that you're doing. You can think strategically while thinking creatively. So I think that that's yeah. really cool to kind of shed a light on that as well, that there are other creative roles in unique industries that, you know, you can still feel artistic in. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of um, a, the general consensus of what I've heard over my career, whether it's, you know, working at platform side or agency side is a lot of these people think that they're not creative, like you mentioned. And mm -hmm. I really do feel like um, it's a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you are creative. You just kind of need to unlock yeah, or, or turn that light on, that light bulb on to kind of understand creative ways of problem solving. Right. Because um, at the end of the day, that's all we're trying to do is problem solve. And, and, and really, in, in essence, that is quite creative. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think there's like varying degrees of being creative, right? Like, I think there's creative problem solving. There's people who are designers or textile artists, much like yourself. Um, and so it's like very multifaceted, which I think is, a, is really cool. Um, and I always like to say everyone that's creative, they just need yeah. to 
kind of tap into it. That's what I say too. I'm like, everyone's an artist. Like, I don't care if you're like <laughs> yes. coding or making a latte, like that, you know, however you approach, if you approach it artistically and creatively, like that's, that's good in my book. Um, and I think another thing that is interesting as you're talking is something we share in common is we both have full-time careers, right? So, um, for me, like I'm the creative director at a digital marketing agency, Monday through Friday, nine to five, but then I have my side hustle, which, you know, allows me to express myself and truly kind of like, instead of, you know, bringing to light the vision for my clients, now I'm bringing to light my own vision. And so I want to talk a little bit about your side hustles or however you define them. You know, maybe it's not a side hustle at all. And then how you manage both, how they started. Are you working on them in tandem? Are you working on them in the weekends and after work? Or like, how is it all shaping up? Yeah. And I think it's so exciting um, to talk to other women specifically who have full-time jobs, but also have this like fire inside that they just want to try out or, or execute in any way. And I think um, that's amazing because you don't have to just be one or the other. You don't have to just focus on one. You can have it don't want to say like, you can have it all, but you really can't I yeah. feel like now. And people you know? don't talk about that. Like people really don't like the, the whole kind of like reason how Olaguap was started however many years ago was truly because I was trying to do something and failing. I was trying to build my own studio and my own textile space, mimicking and rep- replicating that kind of hands-on experience that I had in college, right? Like if I couldn't find it, I was going to create it. But yeah. it wasn't successful and it wasn't bringing me money. And I kept seeing on Instagram all these women who were like sold, 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 no matter what it was. Yeah, and I re- started reaching out to them to say, like, how are you doing it? What tools are you using? What is it a spreadsheet? Is it a platform? Are you advertising? Like, how are you being a successful artist and entrepreneur? And what you end up finding out a lot of the times is like, obviously, now we now we know, you know, I'm older and kind of like more evolved and have understood that social media is a facade. It's the highlight reel. And so maybe those women were living at home with their parents in their garage while they were trying to, you know, make it work. And maybe, yeah, they had sold out of that line, but they had only created 12 pieces or, and that's not, that's not, I'm not to like, I'm not downplaying that success. But what I am saying is that also what I found is maybe some of them had full-time careers, or maybe they were a barista, they were a waitress at night. And so they were having supplemental income in other avenues and not talking about it. And that's what would kind of drive me crazy is like, okay, you have this beautiful studio space, but we, and we love to see it, but like transparently and truthfully, like what's the full big picture of how that's come to be for you? I, I totally agree. And I would say this about, um, you know, entrepreneurs, I would say this about C-level executives, people at like the highest level of companies too, our companies even, like they're all just figuring it out. Like I don't yeah. think anyone has it a hundred percent, right? And so we're all, we're all going through our days trying the best that we can and really trying to figure it out. And like you mentioned, social media is such a highlight reel. Um, so that's why I try to be very... Um, real and authentic uh in the content that i produce that i show up on social media as like someone who is still trying to figure it out um and i I think that resonates a lot with people and so like your story specifically is it 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 really resonates with me because you know we're all trying the best that we can um 
And so, yeah, I, I totally 100% agree on all fronts with that. <laughs> yeah. Like when you think about the way that you've kind of set up your life, like how would you define in your creative path, right? Like how would you define um, your blog and, you know, the content that you're creating as a dig- digital content creator? Like when you think about priorities and when you think about scheduling and time blocking yeah. and balance and, you know, relationships and friendships and all these different <laughs> things that come into the mix. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> all the things. All the like, things. How do you do it? You know, I, admittedly, I am still trying my best. I, um, every day I, I try to figure it out. If I have the emotional bandwidth and like the actual like um, schedule bandwidth, like to post something or to create content, I will. I, I take kind of like a more organic approach just because this is a side hustle for me. My blog and my social platforms are more of a side hustle and passion. I kind of go and create when the mood strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, it doesn't feel super rigid or methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be intentional with the content that I create and the partnerships that I do have and, and brands that I do collaborate with. So first and foremost, like I just love um, style and fashion, like I mentioned. So I love just creating content around that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the rise of like digital video and like storytelling from a, a video first uh, or mobile first perspective has been really fun for me to kind of learn. So before, you know, I was thinking about like, when did Instagram reels really start? Maybe it was like two years ago, mm-hmm. right? Like when it, it started to gain popularity. Yeah, probably around the the rise of TikTok. So yeah, two yeah. years. And I had no idea how to create, you know, because I was always so used to like just photos, right? Yeah. Just taking photos and, yeah. and working with photographers. And um, and then this kind of like whole, you know, rise of digital storytelling and, and, and mobile first video. And I was like, shit, I have to figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. So it was like a lot of trial and error, a lot of like reading, a lot of downloading apps and like, Flying around and, yep. and and messing things up, but like then you start to kind of learn and, and learn the things that you like. And again, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's just like being curious and willing to learn exactly. and say yes. And then like you know now I'm like oh I it's a passion for me to like even edit these videos. Yep. Um, something that I never thought I'd actually enjoy is like not only creating the content but actually editing it is so fun and fulfilling for me. You know. Yeah, I think you kind of like discover little things along the way. And I think maybe where people like I've had friends before have said to me, like, um, you know, maybe they like look at what I'm doing and they think of it as so, so much fun. Um, And it is fun. There's there's aspects of it that are fun. But I think that when you try to turn your passion into a paycheck, you have to realize that there's other things that will take you away from your passion. Right. So like figuring out like the financials, you mentioned brand partnerships. Like I would love to dive into that a little bit, but like even the video editing. So we see that final content for you and it's awesome that you're passionate about the video editing, but if you weren't, that would be something you would have to now learn and do. And it could have been a roadblock, but you educated yourself and got kind of through the mud of it to be able to show off this like final piece of, of beautiful creative. And that's all that people see. Yeah. I, I admire you as well, creating a podcast because there's so many different elements to the podcasts that go into this, right? It's like people see the final and listen to the final cut, but you have so many different takes, so many different schedule, like scheduling emails, editing, 
social content, even writing the descriptions for these podcasts and even like outreach for people to be on. It's, there's so much that goes into this passion. Um, And I I just really applaud you for like all of the amazing work that you're doing. So it, it does, it's a lot, but it, at the end, the output is always so polished and pristine, but it like, it's kind of like a messy bun. You know what I mean? Like the hairstyles, like it looks perfect, right? Like like it looks perfectly imperfect, but there's so much to get to get that that point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is like so much to unpack there just because, I mean, I think that like, just the way that you kind of like talk about the evolution of, you know, as you keep going, you discover more and more. And like these podcast interviews started as written features, however many years ago. And it's like, as the mediums change and as podcasting became that new platform, it was almost like what I got from it was that it was really a way to give your audience members their time back. Because when you listen to a podcast, you can be doing something else. So technically like anybody who's a creative or an entrepreneur, they don't now have to stop to read something, stop what they're doing. They could be making earrings while they're listening to us. Mm -hmm. And so I really liked that it was, you know, that element of, of efficiency and effectiveness, but I, but everything that you're saying is so true. You know, when you start a new creative adventure, it's for me. And I think it's, I'm assuming it's the same for you, but correct me if I'm wrong, where it's really the long game for me. Like I'm not interested in doing anything quickly or rushed. I think that's where you start to put off desperate energy and (laughs) I'm not into the desperate energy. I just want to take my time. I want to go slow. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. It's a place and a space that I own and it's mine and I feel protective over it and my process. I I'm not going to say like preach, but truly preach in the sense it's like, you know, for me, there were so many years that I was trying to emulate other people's content. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I realized like, that's just at the end of the day, I don't want to look desperate. I don't want to look anyone else, any look look like anyone else other than myself. I'm like, I try to be authentically myself and goofy and weird um, and nerdy and, and like all of these things, like all of the aspects to my personality, I just try to like portray and and give off. And so usually what you see is kind of what you get with my content. And if you don't, people don't like it. Awesome. But at least I'm trying, at least you're trying and, and, and doing things to get yourself out of this comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Um, and to me, when I, when I hit the end of my life, like that's all that really matters is that you're, you're trying things and growing, uh, and meeting people and making connections. That's, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Yep. 100% couldn't couldn't have said it better myself when you talk about do you have let me ask you this like do you have a goal to um kind of pursue your passion full-time or do you like that it's a creative outlet that you can kind of have a more structured career right that you can continue sort of like that on that path and trajectory and you know you have other people involved and pushing you to grow and it's challenging and like you talked about being at Pinterest and that energy and now being at Amazon and kind of people kind of like pushing your boundaries and you're you're out of your comfort zone where as an entrepreneur as a you know content creator you can kind of find yourself like a- alone in a bubble and yeah. it's sort of just you alone with your thoughts so how do you think about that as you like look at the future of sort of both paths 
I, I think it's an interesting question too. I think for me, I love having a career. Yeah. Uh, and, and not to say that content creation is not a career. Totally. Um, it is absolutely. I think my primary career is working in advertising and, and being creative with, um, you know, like brands and businesses. That's my love. That's what I love doing. I love workshopping and, and working with them to come up with solutions that, you know, solve their objectives. Um, so that, that will always be like my first and foremost, but I think, um, you know, my, my blog and my social channels really kind of came out of wanting a creative outlet, much like this podcast as well, you know, um, to fulfill me in different ways and kind of stretch me in different areas. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so kind of like I mentioned with video editing or, you know, even photography, I've learned so much about photography because I have a blog. And so, you know, like, I think um, they don't have to be mutually exclusive, of course. Like, I think the things that I'm doing as a content creator actually really help um, my, my job in my job and help me be successful in my role because I can speak to different mindsets and consumers and I've worked with a lot of big brands, so I can kind of, you know, speak to influencers in that sense. But um, I don't think they have to just always be one or the other. Like, I think you can have a variety, not to say like, you can have it all, but I really mm-hmm. do think you can have it all. Like, you don't always need to choose just one. Yeah. I, and I love that you're so transparent about that, too, because like I said, I think when you try to turn you know, when you try to turn your passion into a paycheck, it's a wonderful road to go down, but you do (laughs) have to be aware of that desperate energy. Like when you start to bank on your passion, like literally like money coming in from that, you can start to make decisions based on the financials versus just kind of being expressive and creative. And so I really love that you talk about that just because I think that people do feel like they have to choose or they feel like they have to move quickly or they feel they see maybe other people um, kind of with that like immediate instant success. And they're sort of like, you know, quitting their day jobs to become a full time content creator. And I think that maybe that's not even everybody's goal. No, you know, I I think that's it's an interesting call out, too, because I've I've had my blog and I've had my platforms for years. I started my blog maybe in. 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to evolve and I've had to pivot. And I think, you know, if you think about like vanity metrics, like followers, I've been mm-hmm. at like 9,000 followers for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not like always, that's not my end goal is to like hit 10 K or gain more followers. Yeah. It's, to me, it's more about like creating content that's like fulfilling and fun. Totally. Um, and like working with brands when it makes sense that also embody that spirit too, you know? Yeah. I I want to kind of, you know, for those who don't know, or for those who maybe were just getting started or are just curious, like, I want to learn a little bit more about like how you work with brands. I think just like peeling back kind of like the, the curtains on that or pulling back the curtains. And um, <laughs> then I think, um, you know, before we wrap up, I would love to get maybe like a couple tips or tricks or takeaways in the advertise either in the advertising space for those just getting started, maybe those on a smaller budget um, Mm -hmm. and or like a creative strategy. Like, is there like a tip or trick there that maybe like can be applied to those just getting started as well? Yeah. 
Great questions too. I, you know, I think for me, it is from talking about, you know, working with brands and partnering, partnering with brands personally for my, my blog. Um, you know, that has been a learning journey curve, all yeah. of the things. Um, you know, I've had brands that have been really generous in the sense of like reaching out and wanting to work and like compensating me fairly. Mm-hmm. I've also had brands uh, and people who have reached out wanting me to do a ton of free work. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to say it really, um, you know, the decision lies in the person who is creating the content. It's a lot of burden to create content, to edit content, to to create your own creative direction, as you know, because yes. you live in that. Um, it's a process. And so you really either have to love the brand, respect the brand um, if you're not getting paid or potentially get like product, um, you know, in exchange or getting paid for me right now in this current kind of like um, status or like phase of life that I'm in, I'm creating content for brands that I like and respect and, and that I believe in, but also I'm charging for that content because I don't have a lot of time anymore. Like, you know, I, I have a full-time job as you know, you do as well. I'm a dog mom, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you know how it is. Yes. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. I also have to keep my own personal sanity. So to me, yeah. it's like um, the biggest asset that we have is time. And so I, I need to charge uh, and, and be compensated for the time that I put into things. Um, there is a lot, a lot of time when I started out that I was just like self pitching being like, Hey, I love this brand. Like, can we partner together for like product or even, you know, money. But, um, now I've kind of just been a little bit more particular and I'm kind of in a phase of life right now where I'm still adjusting to, um, you know, my new home that I just moved in in May kind of like, thanks, just like a new space. So I'm kind of just like, um, sitting on things a little bit more and having opportunities come to me. Yep. Um, but in the beginning of my career and back in San Francisco, I was kind of doing a lot of outreach as well. Um, so yeah, I would say like, don't be afraid to just reach out and do it and be bold. Um, try it out. I would also like, you know, if you have friends who are also in the influencer space or work, you know, at influencer agencies, reach out to them and ask. Also, a lot of these companies like collectively, and um, all of these other kind of like influencer agencies have really great blogs all about how to work with brands. So definitely read up on that. Um, And then I would say like the last question that you mentioned, which was all about, you know, just advice for creative strategies or, you know, um, advertising in general. I would, I do want to give this piece of um, advice. And this is something that I give to a lot of um, people, whether they're graduating from college or just starting out is to, and it's not really like tactical advice, but it's more like personal advice is to, to create a portfolio of your work. Um, And this to me is really important because it's a really great representation of who you are and what you can do. Um, And it doesn't need to be all work-related things. It can be things like your blog or podcast or or things that you've kind of like brainstormed with other people or collaborated with other people. And to show your process along the way, I think that's a really great, um, you know, 
product that you can share with future employers or other people that you want to work with to see like who you are and what you can do. Yeah. Um, so that's just like one thing that I would say specifically, and I'm trying to think of other pieces of feedback or pieces of advice that I could give to, to other people from like an advertising perspective. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's really actually important because I know like when I was contacted for the the current role that I'm in now, um, you know, even before that, I'll actually say like in former roles, I always leveraged the skills that I had honed for like my side hustle or any passion project for those roles and used it to my advantage. And like what you were saying is like, it sort of gives you that like compassion when you're working with a client to understand, okay, like if this was my business, what would I do? Like I've been on the other side of it. I know how long it takes to create content. Like you can speak to things from both sides of things and being able to like not hide away that part of yourself when you're applying for um, a job in a more like formal sense, but almost like leaning into it and using that as an advantage that other potential candidates might not have. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. Thanks. Yeah. I, you would be surprised how many people are like, what's a portfolio? How do I create one? And I first and foremost say like, just honestly, Google is like, bless me. The Google is like, I, I used to just even Google creative, strategy portfolios and yeah. just look and ask um and and just kind of gain inspiration pinterest is also a great place for that as well um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I yeah i think it's just kind of like starting like the hardest part is starting things and so just like you know i think that foundation has been really really helpful and important um you know in, in jobs that i've had and, and when i've interviewed people for for roles on my teams like that's something that I always look for as well. Yep. I absolutely love that advice. Well, thank you so much for being on Amy. It was so fun having you you and kind of learning all about this like different side, like we mentioned to the creative industry and to the advertising industry and to creative strategy. And I think you're just like such a wealth of knowledge and information and absolutely love chatting with you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be not only on, but just to see you thrive and do all of the most amazing things in 2023. Right back at you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Ola Guapa podcast. I hope you gained as much value and inspiration from today's episode as I did. If you love what you heard, please make sure you rate and review this episode wherever you're listening. It really helps to spread episodes like this one to other creatives looking for their daily dose of inspiration, and I would be forever grateful. But before we go, make sure you head to olaguapa.com to discover my very own passion project, Guapa, a small batch, slow fashion line. Each piece from the collection is artist made in San Diego, California, and designed to inspire your next creative adventure, swim, sweat, street, or studio. With that, have a beautiful week, Guapas, and as always, sending you tons of inspiration and lots and lots of love.